0: Coming up next on the show, we often talk of being either an employee or an entrepreneur, one side or the other. Today, I have a guest with us who's imploring us to live the corporate life no matter what for our benefit and our kids, if you have them. The concepts you're about to hear may be fairly revelatory for you as they sure were for me regarding money, parenting, and self-employment. Again, whether you're a parent or not, or whether you're self-employed or not. Tom Ziegler met Laurel Langmire and wanted to get her on the show. Laurel is a money expert, sought after speaker, entrepreneurial thought leader, and five times New York Times bestselling author who's on a mission to change the conversation about money and empower people around the world to become millionaires. A primary focus is financial literacy for parents and children. She has a new book titled Make Your Kids Millionaires the step-by-step guide to lead children to financial freedom. Uh, you can get it and $1,500 worth of bonuses at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com slash Ziegler when you pre-order the book. I was just so curious. And again, you're going to hear some contrarian thinking to the normal ideas of employment versus self-employment and how we manage money around that. And Laurel instructs us to all start living again, this corporate life. You're going to hear how she defines that in a moment. Again, whether you've got a a traditional job or not and how to help your kids develop radical self-employed pedigrees and even credit before they're 18 and how to leverage credit and even debt. That right there is going to lift some eyebrows. And if so, great. It did mine as well. And here's why I have Laurel on the show. So with Without further ado, here Tom Ziegler and I sit down with Laurel Langmire to get schooled on living the corporate life. Well, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this podcast has a simple premise it's to take the best wisdom of self help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today, to your world today. And now, Laurel Langmire and I discuss. Kids, money, and living the corporate life. Again, whether you are employed or self-employed. Laurel, we recently had Andy Andrews back on the show. Always fun. I don't think we've ever had him on that at some point he doesn't find the opportunity to say, hey, our, our, our goal here is not to raise good kids. It's to raise good adults. And I like the perspective and I found myself thinking about that. I was, as I was reading your book, this is my gift to them to help them with money. It's my gift to the culture. It's my gift to their sanity and the kids that are going to come after them, which I already have a few grandkids here, but, but as you know, like so many of our most important things in our adult life. There is no context for money in their upbringing unless we bring it to them. And that just got heavier on me as I read your book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I I started parenting as a single mom. Um, I wanted to be a mom and he didn't want to be a dad. It was pretty simple. Um, So going into single parenting, like through the pregnancy and through everything, you know, it was just that that whole journey of knowing. Um, Bob Proctor's been a mentor, obviously. You know, uh, I traveled with Zig and Brian Tracy. I mean, I've just had amazing people around me in my my development. Um, Sharon Lecter's like my financial mom. All that being said, is I knew when I had my kids that I was raising a man, and I know that single women get a lot of heat for raising little boys and you know and coddling them and not really raising them with a lot of values and strength and character. And I just knew going into this that. You know, super mom was going to be my thing. You know that I, I was going to break generational wealth. I'm a farm girl from Nebraska. Uh, never learned any of this. At 17, Dennis Waitley gave me the book Think and Grow Rich. So you can imagine, farm girl from Nebraska reading yeah. Think and Grow, going, "Like, there's people that think like this is a whole new world." And so from then, you know, it was just a, a really big, committed decision to raise really responsible adults. So I agree. I think it's. I think parenting is such a serious job. Uh, and not taken seriously enough.
0: Well, and what I'm going to, you know, I'll go back into the intro to this show and I'm going to say, we all think we know about Mm -hmm. money, but I feel like not, you know, I'm not a big fan of, you know, the next book that talks about the secrets and whether there aren't any secrets out there, but I do feel like you bring us back to something that we have just I was gonna say, either lost, but maybe we we're just still never there. We think of, okay, here's our kid. We're gonna get him a good education, whether it's formal education yep. or otherwise, yep. and get a good job. Yep. Okay, what does that mean? I, I, I think right there, let's start right there. So this is just, uh, you, you know, at the base level, as everybody's listening here, yep. all the parents are listening, and we want them to get a good job. What does that mean right there? Well,
1: so therein lies the problem. Yeah. <laughs> therein lies the problem is that. The and I traveled six continents teaching this work. So in principle, I teach in U.S. terms. I'm married to a Canadian. Just right. want to give that preface to that. But um, as I, you know, take this on, I have one slide that defines why having a money conversation and understanding money is so difficult. We're taught an employee life, not a corporate life, right. and I'll explain that. So an employee life is just like you said, a good education, get a good job. You know, for a long time, it was the 401k, 2008, 9, 10 blew that apart. Oh, but that wasn't strong enough. We needed the pandemic to even make that a little, you know, harsher. Um, and the school system is not daycare and it's not going to be designed. And And I'm a firm believer. The school system is not where financial literacy is supposed to be. Financial literacy is a family decision. If you don't want to be a millionaire, even though the name of my you know book coming out is Make Your Kids Millionaire be a hundred thousandaire, be a financially literate, responsible family. This isn't about raising, you know, little brats. And, you know, Tom, as you and I talked a little bit about it, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of, of education. I, I have a master's degree. My son is getting a double bachelor's in three weeks from Georgia Southern. I'll be down in Georgia on May 10th. The same day my book comes out, which his book is about him. And then he's going on for a master's in accounting and going on to be a CPA. And he still says, mom, I have never, ever, 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 two degrees and will become a master's CPA, been taught the entrepreneurial corporate life of running life like you taught us and how we lived it. We lived entrepreneurially. We lived through corporate life, meaning we have LLCs, C Corps, right? The minute uh, Logan was born, this is 1999, he became an employee of my company. I read all about it in the book. He became an employee of my company, became a model. I got a Roth IRA. Um, you know, as he's 18, he joined me as a partner, uh, 18 years old into an LLC. So now I, he's not only my son, he's my partner and I'm raising him that way. I have a daughter that's 15, same thing. So back to, you know, get a good job and have a good education. Yes. And the way the wealthy do it, I think, you know, Tom, when we, when we were talking about this, there's a lot of the education that's out there that stops at that that's good that like, that's good enough. How wealthy people live, clearly how millionaires live is they live in corporate life. Their companies make money. They use the brilliance of our eighty-one thousand pages tax code of the United States—eighty-one thousand pages of code—and our kids. I always make this joke, Kevin. I always say, you know, if you don't have kids, you should get them. They're tax deductions if you do it right. So,
0: (laughs) I I know that very well and acutely. Thank you. Yes,
1: I I have a lot of fun with. I do have a lot of fun teaching it because I want to have. I'd say humor be part of it, but also it's not difficult to do what I did. I raised millionaire kids. I traveled them around the world with me as a single mom, two kids. Um, My co-author, I do need to bring him in. He's an Air Force fighter pilot, retired lieutenant colonel. He did his family financial literacy very differently. One, you know, one marriage, two kids, traveled only a few continents, and then was an Air Force fighter pilot, had a job for 25 years. So the book is about two families and how we did it but we all did it in corporate life. Meaning you can have a job. Like I have a lot of clients that have jobs, but their real wealth is coming from additional entrepreneurial efforts, kids entrepreneurial efforts. The book is just steeped with how to have your kids at four years old, my, com- my kids started companies. And they started little businesses, little 21st century lemonade stands, I call yeah. them,
2: right? Wow, wow, I, I love that. Uh, I, I just got a question for, for you on this. You know, when we talk about parents and our kids, I did a lot of research on finances. As you know, in, in the Ziegler world, we have the wheel of life and the financial spoke and the wheel of life. If, if we're going to have a balanced life, it's got to be solid, right? It's got to be something that allows us to do the things we want to do. And all my research, all the people who are the experts on financial wellness, none of them said that you should have a clearly defined why or purpose as your number one thing and so as a parent we want to raise good adults how do we talk to our kids about why we want to have money
1: so i think you talk about why you want to have money from a mission driven place that's how i do it when my kids were Again, four, three and four is really when I started bringing a lot of financial literacy. And uh, we do it every holiday and we would set goals and we would look back at the last year and what goals were there. And then I early on said, I'm, I'm not the bank. I'm not the mom. I, I want something. To, I want to go to the store. It's how could we create money? What could you do? I mean, there was just a financial conversation about, you know, a very mission driven life. I mean, I, you know, I think we all have gifts and talents. And I have this amazing gift of teaching. And advocating for financial literacy for families. And I've done it all over the world. And my kids know that generational wealth for them is, is one of our big whys because it's never happened in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also to give back. And we've been heavily involved in charities and uh, giving back to different families. And um, so I think the why is inherent in it. So, you know, if I didn't scream up from the rooftops, I can tell you the one thing I say loudly to people who's who I'm always asked, you know, the millionaires that sustain themselves as millionaires, what's the difference between those and those that roller coaster in and out of millionaire status? I said, it's a mission driven life. Like I'm living a mission beyond myself. It's not about my needs and my, my food and shelter. Like that's, that's over. Now it's about how many lives can I serve? Right. And so for Logan, you know, as he's becoming a CPA, we're in those conversations and how many lives and how, and the kind of, you know, impact he can make. So values and character and life skills have always just been a part of my parenting. Just a lot of that is because who I've spent time with, who I was mentored by. I mean, 19 years old, Bob Proctor becomes my mentor. I mean, you kind of get the rest of how I kind of, how I got to know, you know, your father and how I got to know, you know, from Les Brown to to some of the greatest, you know, people that have walked the planet. Um, So it's instilled in there, but I agree with you. I think that the conversation about money Uh, is still kind of projected that it should go to the school system. And I I cannot 1,000% disagree. It is a family decision. It's a family's choice to have generational wealth. Generational wealth ends statistically at 2.3 generations. I think I was telling you, Tom, when we were talking before the podcast, I mean, there are three billionaire families, and they're in their third generation, and they're all breaking up. Every trust is breaking up. all of it's falling apart. The assets are being sold at ridiculous discounts and everybody's going to go off with their little crumb because there wasn't financial literacy and the bigger why we're having this. I mean, is it just about having, you know, whether it's a million, 10 million, a hundred million, what's it for and who's it serving and what's its purpose. And if that doesn't get into the literacy of the family and the, the, um, the DNA of the family, things fall apart. Well, right, and money can be used for bad things, but money can be used as we all know for amazing things.
0: Let's start at that root you talked about the entrepreneur versus corporate, I mean, not, but employee versus corporate, which is, I think for most people listening, including me, that's not really the common vernacular. We think employee versus entrepreneur period. And you even say somewhere in the book, first and foremost, parents need to have their own business. So right away, people are going to, and I know you already spoke to this, just a tad, but I want you to more because a lot of people are going to hear, wait a minute, I I don't have my own business. I just spent the weekend. I was telling Tom, mountain biking with a bunch of guys around my age, 50 and over. All of them have done really well financially. I was actually surprised that the majority, uh, actually all but one were in employee roles, worked with companies. Now they were at the high end, they got stock options and they had some of those things, but they weren't entrepreneurs. And I'm used to that, especially with guys that are off, you know, gallivanting around in the mountains like that. They usually have the freedom from that. Uh, but a little surprised. So, but again, they, they really liked what they did. So for them to hear that, their first thought might be, gosh, I don't actually technically own my own business like the three of us here do. Right. How do they adopt do they do? that?
1: Okay. So they can invest in real estate. They can have other companies as they educate their kids. Um, I've, had, I've been on Barbara Walters with Millionaire Kids. And the way that that worked is either the mother or the father quit their job, started the LLC, the S-Corp, the C-Corp, whatever it was. Um, That little uh, bottle bottle, those little bottle cap uh, company that became a jewelry company, which became a million dollar company is one of my clients. Um, She became a millionaire. But the parent at 18, you know, you have to be 18 to have a company. So to me, the entrepreneurial venture uh, stems from the kids for sure. Um, If you want to do it on a small scale, the kids can make twelve thousand five hundred fifty dollars before they have to file a tax return. Now, you can look at that as a parent and be a, a high-income earner. I have a lot of high-income earner employees, and their business is with their family, right? And that way, they can do the, the family deductions. They can do the corporate deductions. They can write up their card. They can write off their cell phones. They have a legal reason to do that because they're having a company. The other way that I did it very aggressively with Logan is we bought a lot of real estate. So when he was born, you know, I had LLCs that owned real estate, gas and oil, other assets. So on your asset side of protection, you can keep your job and have those be the LLCs, where then you get the deductions. You can write through the business trips um, and do it all that way. But that structure, then those corporations held in trust, which then keeps you out of probate, is how you preserve the generational wealth. And that, and that is so critical. That's what's so going, to be critical.
0: So, yeah, it's going to be so new for people to hear because it is for me as well. Now, being an entrepreneur and being someone who advocates that, the first thing I tell people is go get incorporated so you can get all your ducks in a row. And, and and it's amazing. I still find so many people, and I'm sure there's a lot, listen to this show, don't feel bad. You're in good company who are out there. You have a side gig, a side hustle. You have something, you're doing it. And you are not incorporated. You're not... Uh, you're not citing the miles you drive, the expenses that you uh, put in place. And so that's I, that's significant right can there. Can, that's I a them, thing. can I
1: tell them all the reasons why that's not helpful? Yeah. At all. Well, first of all, your Social Security number um, goes with that side hustle, that sole proprietor, that sole prop which means all you get is a Schedule C. So you get a tiny little, call it 20, 30, if you have a really good accountant, stretching the tax code. You don't get officer and director benefits. You don't get to employ your kids. You don't get a solo 401k, your own Roth IRA. I mean, there are so many benefits to the deductions that you get Mm -hmm. when you live corporate life. And you know, there's a lot of accountants, and I'm gonna take a little swing at them gently, Uh, that say, you don't need to be incorporated unless you make $100,000. And I say, "Mm, being incorporated is about a lifestyle. It's living corporate life. Like when people say, what do you do, Laurel? I said, I teach people how to live corporate life. It's a lifestyle. It's not a program. It's not like you're going to join me for a year and I'm going to teach you how to get incorporated, get a trust and get this stuff set up. And then I'm going to leave you. There's a lifestyle to how to do it. Right. And as my kids got older, you know, the dedication of my book um, I have to share share it with you. It's really it's kind of a cute little dedication. Kyle and I did. Uh, so we dedicated it to our four children. I have two and he has two. It says this is dedicated to our four children, Logan Langmeier, Tristan Langmeier, Weiss Beckman and Brett Beckman. They survived our parenting experiments and an occasional blunders and still turned out amazing. and responsible. Yeah. So we we did try a lot. We had them be entrepreneurs. But under my LLC. Um, Logan tried all sorts of stuff. I mean, he did a smoothie business. He was a ski instructor. He shoveled snow. My daughter uh, did jewelry. She loves to do videography, but that's under an LLC. So instead of capping her at $12,550, I, I take the tax burden. I have the, the corporate structure. I have the LLC that I know, and now get this, sole proprietors, you gotta hear this. When my kids are 18, when Logan's 18, we had 18 years of corporate history. That means corporate credit. So and it is my social security number, I have corporate credit. Now he has corporate credit. And then he joined another LLC that has more real estate in it. So now he's just joining straight into the generational wealth that I've been building, but to be 18 years old and take on an 18 year old company. And like I told Tom, we, you know, we've talked about this. I probably, I know I'm on the more aggressive side of using the tax code and I have an amazing team um, that I put around, you know, my clients and us, but that's, it's a very different way to live. And we're not even taught that. We're not even taught it's an option. You know, I think in sixth and seventh grade, we should be taught that age, like that kind of an age is, do you want to be an employer? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? And look at now, I mean, with NFTs, with cryptocurrency, the amount of gaming, I mean, kids are hired as hackers right now. Uh, my, My teenage daughter, 15 years old is getting hired to be a teenage advisor to a new gaming bank. That'll be a bank for kids. 15 years old because she's going to give, you know, feedback on the avatars and the female version of it. There's so much that our kids are they're geniuses and they're generating and they're going to solve problems for this next generation and it is our job, I think as the parent, to really bring them through that and if you don't use the corporate structure and you stay a sole proprietor, you're just you're losing so many benefits that are just sitting out there. They're so available for you. And to give your kid an 18-year-old gift of a corporation that has had in our case, millions of dollars running through it. I mean, Logan got immediate credit, great credit, great credit cards, and it set him for life. You know, When I was in my 20s and went through my master's degree, I, I was, what, 22 and over $100,000 of student loan debt. I mean, I remember that burden and thinking, and when I'm a parent, I, I, I just, there's got to be a way to do this differently. This cannot be such a burden to like, start life behind eight ball. And it was a big eight ball. It was like six figure eight ball. Like, how do, how do I even earn out of this when I, you know, I did go out and get a job. And I thought, well, heck with that. I got to go do something else. Met Bob Proctor and learned entrepreneurialism. So the book is very, very aggressive towards living corporate life. I'll admit yeah. it freely. And I'm not embarrassed about it. If, if parents are out there listening and say that's just too much. And I would say, start with one, start small. Like Kevin, you have nine kids, start with one LLC. All the kids can have their businesses inside of one. Just start small, go get a rental property together. That's super fun. Another business, I bought uh, laundry mats with my kids. Do you know how fun a laundry mat is for kids to go get coins and count the coins. And um, when my kids were like eight and 14, we bought a pizzeria and uh, and I love flipping little service-based companies. And so we got in there and we flipped the pizzeria. But they were right side by side with me. You know, they were learning databases. They were learning how people buy. They were learning cogs. They were learning taxes. And your kids are brilliant. And I think too many times people leave their kids home. They put them in the school system and say, I hope this whole thing works out. Yeah. And then they wonder why it doesn't. So yeah. this is really a parenting book at a lot of levels of responsibility.
0: I'm Kevin Miller. You are listening to my conversation with Tom Ziegler and Laurel Langmire. Again, you can get her new book titled Make Your Kids Millionaires, the step-by-step guide to lead children to financial freedom and $1,500 worth of bonuses at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com slash Ziegler.
2: So I would to. It- I'll let you ask the next question, Kevin, but I just wanted to give like a little testimonial from a daddy's heart. Uh, my daughter got married last year in January and they bought a house um, and they got lucky on the timing. They, they went in in May right after the pandemic. All the housing prices were down. They put some money down on a house. It was a new build. And by the time they moved in, it was they had 30 percent equity. Wow. But I get I but I get this text. And it said, thanks, daddy. And I'm like, for what? And she said, when we got our loan, the mortgage broker had never seen credit that, that good for somebody my age. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's hundreds of dollars a month in a house, right. And how you're able to go on with life. And it was a simple choice, a simple decision that we made. So Testimonial for there, I'll throw it back to you, Kevin. But I just wanted- well, and, and I want to go to the root of that again. We uh, go back to the you know
0: the kids go get a, a good job and make some money, and I do feel like the and you know this the consummate perspective that we look at is go make some money, go make X amount, live under your means, don't spend it all, save what you can. I know, I see you rolling your eyes right. There. Save what you I can. Had to. I couldn't even control it. I, 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 I know. But that is, <laughs> but that is where we are. We are not literate to the degree you're talking about. Like my kids are incredibly literate in health and wellness. That's something that I live out every day. I know it well. I'm an advocate of, we walk it out in the, ho- in the house. They're actually even uh, very literate in being an entrepreneur and doing a business and understanding profit and loss, but, but financially literate not a great skill, which is why you're on the show, not a great skill set of mine. So they are not, and it's still under the, Hey, make enough money. They did. They made money, bought a car, make sure you got enough and you're making enough to pay for the repairs to pay your insurance. And now let's look towards some bigger things, but it's still, there. it's not a corporate life. That is what I feel like is such a paradigm shift for people. And even coming to the point of you talking and you can get into this passive income. I mean, that's still something that we reserve for the top Even entrepreneurs, you know that. How many of them actually, and I'm going to read what you said. Passive income is just a fancy way of saying money that comes in automatically with little to no effort required to achieve it. This will almost always come from assets and investments. If we look at even our aspiring business-minded audience, how many of them have passive income that's even a quarter of their monthly revenue probably very very few and yet this is your entire life
1: my entire life yeah so so i'm just going to go back and I'll put some pieces living corporate life i think is an intention it's not a number so for those accounts who say you have to make a hundred thousand to do it it's not it's a way that you're going to live your life and at 18 years old when my daughter's 18 she's going to get that llc for her birthday and that that's if you hear that that springs them into amazing credit from how to do credit applications, um, and then they start doing entrepreneurial things. So even while Logan was in school, so he went to uh, school to for finance and accounting, and he also went on a football scholarship. There were still you know extra that he you know needed to pay for, and he is a starting center. He's five six five and two hundred ninety pounds, so he eats a lot. So his food bill on the, in addition to his scholarship was enormous. And we figured out it was like $700 a month. And I'm like, well, what do we want to do to make money? And he's, he's amazing at math. So he started a math tutoring business on the side and that went into his company. And then when I go out, like I'm going out this weekend, I do a lot of pro bono, pro bono work for kids. Like kids are my heart and soul, obviously writing the book, but also like, I'm going to go teach the Georgia Southern men football team. Uh, Friday I have an hour and a half and Monday I have an hour and a half. And I've got eight, hour and a half sessions. Guess what the first session I'm going to have with these men hmm. that are going to walk into Georgia Southern employee life the first the first the first slide up and there's a slide in the, in the book employee life or corporate life you have a choice and it's an and is the answer. If you want to be employed great. But if you don't live the entrepreneurial corporate life and have some entrepreneurial venture, it doesn't have to be full time. It could be a side hustle. Like my, my, my son made thousands of dollars tutoring incredible amount and because he's a student athlete he gets nil name image and light list that actually goes into your corporation so i teach these men and i've been doing this my second year down at georgia southern and the coaches love it um a lot of these men they're setting up like todd for example todd set up an llc he is in construction management um i have a construction company in kansas i do a lot of real estate in the midwest and so we actually invited him out he got a three credit um, internship this spring he spent 10 days in Kansas walking as an owner right side by side with my partner yeah. seeing what does it what's it like to own a construction company not from the eyes of being an employee but this is we actually drew the corporate structure you know we said there's a company that owns the real estate there's a the company that owns the construction there's a company that owns the equipment there's a company that owns the distribution his eyes were like It takes seven corporations to run this. I said, if you want the best tax advantages, but for a kid at 19, 20 years old to see that, to see the truth of how a corporate life lives. I just love that. I mean, our community offers so many internships like that where kids can see, yeah, you might want to be employed for a while, right? I was employed at Chevron for a little minute, but being an entrepreneur is is a lifestyle. And you really, if you want to live it thoroughly and have corporate, every corporation you own, you can have corporate credit. So not only do you have your own personal credit, you sole proprietors, you get corporate credit, corporate credit, corporate credit. So when people said they can't find money or they have a hard time getting funding, it's because you don't even know it's available. See, Kevin and Tom, I don't think I don't think it's um, it's just not available. I, I wouldn't say that people are ignorant to it. It's it's like the alternative. So if you look at uh, medicine and, and health and wealth, right, uh, health and wealth, most people that just go to the hospital in Western medicine, probably don't live the healthiest lives they put a lot of alternatives right from how they eat to other alternative you know modalities and i see it's the same with well, with wealth and i'm not talking about just getting by i'm talking about wealth i'm talking about hundreds of thousands and heirs if not millionaires or big multimillionaires multimillionaires. you're living corporate life and you're living in the alternatives you're not just living traditional go park your money in a financial institute and pray to god they're going to help you get it all done that's not what how it works you know, you get you're going kind to of fall in love with being an entrepreneur and well and, and partnering with other entrepreneurs. And to your point with passive income, the pattern that I teach and is the one that we have to break is we're taught to make spend to make spend. Right. We have to change the pattern at at kid's age, make and invest and not save. I, I use the word invest intentionally because I want them to start learning when you put your money to work. And go grab a compounding power calculator. Just, I mean, if all you did with your kids, this is my simplest example in the book. When my kids were born and they got employed, um, I paid them $500 a month. Why? Because I could put that into a Roth IRA. And if all I did was fund their Roth for 20 years at $6,000 a year, invested properly, I have set them on a journey of a lifetime. Hmm. A, they can't touch it until they're older. It's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, in the way that you invested it. Like we did ours in cryptocurrency. So you can imagine- it's a lot of money that landed in their Roth tax-free tax deferred. So, I mean, I bring up, I, I, I don't leave a stone unturned. On how I did all these well, strategies, and that's yeah, that is in your book.
0: That's in your book, and I, and I want people to go get the book, right here. To, yeah, the, to <laughs> learn how to invest it and what to do with yep. the money. I do know because I've heard feedback from people. I talk about my kids. We do a lot at Farmers Market. You talked about that. It's not people are ignorant, but they don't even know where to do it. That's been a really neat one uh, for yep. us, and I think a lot of people hear about their kid doing a business. They thinking, "Gosh, I'm going to get them some online business." I don't even know that world. Our little local farmers market in our little town has a young entrepreneurs, uh, program. It's $5 a week for a booth. They really advocate for the kids and, And I had them do things that I knew. It doesn't mean it was the most lucrative, but we live on a bunch of land. We got a bunch of trees. I know how to do some wood stuff. They made lamps. They made candle holders. They made shelves. They made signs, whatever. I was roasting coffee for a long time, so I had a kid roast coffee. Uh, Another one started face painting. Actually ended up being the most lucrative thing any of the kids have ever done. She's done a lot of, uh, big events like 4th of July events and whatnot. And she'll clear seven, 800 bucks. And her cost is a little bit of paint and no prep. Um, so hey, that's a great way to do it. Now it's an investment. I mean, in all this, we're talking about, you keep talking about investment. It is an investment as a parent. If the school's yeah. not going to do it, uh, there's no other place that's going to do it. And so Fridays during the summer, I'm not working much. Or if I'm talking with Tom, I'm sitting over there at a booth uh, under a tent at the farmer's market. And that is a big issue. But how many people do that with sports already? They're putting a lot of time in there. And, you know, with that, even looking at what do you think about the as I've had my kids get older and some of them go into things, I found opportunities where instead of them signing on to do X for whatever job they're looking at to see what's the opportunity of you doing it as an independent contractor okay thank you 100
1: okay. yeah and and like these like these athletes i want to go back to the georgia southern men because i love like you know i'm leaving them on friday they're going to have homework assignment over the weekend they have their spring game on on saturday and then if their parents come in and want to talk to me because some of their parents are going to go like oh! What's this crazy woman saying to my kid? You know, so I'll be around to answer questions and calm them all down that this is all legal and it's all fine. We're just not taught this it's different. But some of them are personal trainers. Like I saw some of the quarterbacks, you know, in the summer. I mean, you're a hero to get to college level sports. You're a hero in your town. Go back and do like, Quarterback training, speed training, personal training. Right. I have one guy, Tyler, who created this beautiful nutrition book and he helps kids with nutrition. And now that's out on the internet and he has a, a Shopify store. I have another one that just designs cool t shirts, another one designs websites. Like the business doesn't have to be, like you said, this thriving, you know, huge business, but it does have to be an intent to make money, right? According to the IRS, you have to have a legal intent to make money to do the deductions properly. Right? And then I have a very simple business plan, takes about three hours to do, has them really think through just basic operational, you know, tactics on the business, basic marketing, basic, you know, sales and get a little business up at 18 years old and make money. I and mean, if you and don't have mom and dad be the bank, like we always had, you know, mom mentoring sessions, you know, they come and say, all right, time for the newest, you know you know widget whatever it is iphone or whatever they wanted a game thing and i would say all right well how are you going to make the money let's brainstorm what are what are some different ways my son was a nationally ranked skier so he was only charging like 75 bucks an hour i said logan at heavenly mountain which is right up here where we live pros get 350 you're not that age but you're close so at least go to 150 an hour you got it all day long you got it all day long, 150 an hour to go ski instruct for People need to put a lot out in the paper. So it is what you know. So like you said, Kevin, I'm glad you brought that up. It is what you know. It doesn't have to be something fancy. And the other thing I always say is uh, let the kids experiment on a lot of things. Don't get them locked into one thing at a young age. Like maybe they want to... You know, do some cooking, maybe make that catering and you'll make more money. Babysitting, called nanny and you make more money. Some kids love to clean houses. Some kids love to clean garages. I mean, I don't know what you love to do, but just start. It's the whole, it's the principle of just bringing entrepreneurial spirit and that energy and that knowledge into it and make it a choice. Like my sons have a CPA. He's going to have to go get a job. He'll go work for one of the big five for a while. And then he'll probably come back and run our family office, right? He'll be our CPA. But He'll go do a job. I I, you know, I'm not opposed to that. But to live, to leave to leave corporate life over here, like you don't know it exists, is probably what, you know, I'm the most passionate about is it's just not taught. It's not yeah. given a choice until you kind of stumble into it. And then there's no one really teaching how to be a good entrepreneur and then how to invest money very well. So it gets just bumpy for people.
0: I'm Kevin Miller. You are listening to my conversation with Tom Ziegler and Laurel Langmire Again, you can get her new book titled Make Your Kids Millionaires, the step-by-step guide to lead children to financial freedom and $1,500 worth of bonuses at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com slash Ziegler. I guess my thought is some compassion to the parents who are out there because my kids, I, I've been, you know, I grew up with an entrepreneurial dad. They've seen me that they, they understand it and they value it. They do have awareness of friends who their parents, you kept saying that are the bank. And I can hear, I know that you see the benefit of this, just like I see the benefit in helping my kids understand health and wellness and know we're not going to have pop tarts or whatever other kids have for breakfast, but I understand that that's hard because they all are, and they all are eating junk at lunch. And we're sending you with, you know, falafel or something like that, which is, can be even a little embarrassing. So here we have parents, well-meaning parents, especially those who had hardship in their, in their childhood, maybe who have done something well financially. They want to provide for their kids. They want to give this to their kids. Even though I grew up like you did, you want that $400 BMX bike and start racing bikes. Well, how can we help you earn that. My dad bought an old motorcycle. We, I, I'm doing quotes on the video here, we redid it. I'm sure he probably did 75% of it. He made me feel like I was doing it. I did enough that it was hard work and I sweated and it was irritating, but man, I wanted that bike. And I yeah. love the value. And I realized that as I got older, the value I had for that over other kids. Yet still, here we are in a culture that you know is more, I'm gonna guess, uh, Laurel, you, you know better than I do, more than ever. Our parents the bank for everything from every little game yep. that the kids want to yep. college to the car. And now we have, uh, I don't, I haven't looked at stats lately, the boomerang kids who are coming back living at home and the parents are the bank and probably even feel like that's they're being good parents.
1: They feel like it. So I, I do have compassion for them and I actually have a system for them. So, um, can I talk about the book a little bit? Please. Right. So the make your kids millionaires is coming out May 10th, the week of Mother's Day in the pre order, I'm giving fifteen hundred dollars of bonuses. So one of the bonuses solves the very problem you're asking about. When Logan was four and my daughter was four, we start a, a little system called never pay your kids an allowance. So I have a whole system for you, parents, and you're going to wean them off. You're going to wean them off and not allow an allowance. And instead, um, I have just you You have to assign Well, I call it house chores. I mean, everybody lives just for living here. You have to do a certain amount of things, right? So what's that list of things? And that's independent to every family. Then how much money do you want to make a month? And I have task lists. And so what you do is you sit with your child, age appropriate, and you design tasks. What could you do to make extra money? And then you negotiate. And now you have this lovely thing called the Internet. So you go look up what the prices are. Like, what do other people make? doing that same thing so if you're going to hire somebody to shovel snow for example because we're in the lake tahoe area so normally like if i did an annual contract that's 800 to a thousand dollars to shovel snow for the season well logan picked that up right away he's like i'll go do it i'll go i I want that one don't hire somebody i want that chore um same with landscaping i mean so you you come up with a list of tasks you negotiate what that's worth which is super fun right because i and i have fun with it don't get into argument with your kid have fun with it have them go negotiate well what do you think it's worth And then, you know, you come up with a reasonable rate and then there's a whole nother sheet that comes with part of that course that is what's their monthly income and they get to design their monthly income. So instead of mom and dad becoming the bank, it's a transition of off of an allowance. So I'd say, you know, give yourself 30, 60, 90 days to say we're not going to do it this way anymore. Right. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of games. So if you see I have a millionaire maker game up above. So I was the ma- I was the master distributor for Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game for five years. So that's kind of how I walked yeah. into this you know, world. So I always tell parents, go grab Monopoly. If you have cash flow, grab cash flow. Right. Go get my millionaire right. maker game. You can get on my store and start playing games. I have a huge YouTube channel, 10 minutes every morning, and then just start the conversation. Like, what are you learning? Like I have, family, I don't have, I have thousands of families that they'll, that part of their dinner conversation is, well, what did you hear on Laurel's YouTube channel about credit, about debt, about what you do to make money? So I feel like I'm arming people with a financial filing cabinet and never pay your kids an allowance, all the worksheets to kind of move them away from an allowance to get the kids to be entrepreneurial. And if they're super, super like stubborn and say, nope, I want mom and dad to do it. Well, then there's some consequences you're gonna have to put in. You know, there's a group of people buying this book that are older, 60, 70, 80, that have millions that are going to hand to what now they're seeing is like, oh my gosh. And I said, don't judge yourself because they said, oh my gosh, we did a bad job parenting. So we're going to, our, our 20 and 30, 40 year old kids don't know it. And I said, you know what? Even though it says make your kids millionaires, pick up the book. I don't care if you're 20, go back to, it, it, it's age appropriate. There's zero to five, chapter four is zero to five. Chapter six is six to eight. And then nine to 11, right? All the way up to 18. What could have, should have you done? Doesn't matter if you did it or not. Now, what do you want? And take make some selections and see all the choices that no one. I don't think's ever talked about. It's really, really nitty gritty.
0: Well, it's I, really, the last thing not- I I do want to ask you to hit on real quick is you do take a lot of the folks listening to this show are going to have the anti-credit and credit card mindset, and you do take a stance on that. You even say another difference between business owners and employees is that business owners realize debt isn't necessarily bad. In fact, using other people's money to help you make more money is critical. Speak to that because that's going to go counter to a lot of what these folks have been taught.
1: Oh yeah, they've been taught not to have credit cards. So I'll start with, and this is my Monday talk with the Georgia Southern men, the difference between a debit card and a credit card. So a debit card is money right out of your bank right? And if you go to an ATM, you're paying a ridiculous fee for your own money. It doesn't even make sense. Use a credit card, low interest, responsibly, and you pay it off every month. You're using the bank's money for 30 days. You're inspiring better credit for yourself. And then if you have a corporation and you do the same thing, now you have good credit for you. See, credit is based on money inside the financial system. So say you have four cards. Another mistake no one talks about, you don't pay off those cards all at one time. Payoff card one week one week two then put, get money back in the system. Say so yeah, that's your Discover card, and, and I teach this to kids. I'll say, okay, let's get a Discover, American Express, a Visa, and a and Mastercard. Just call it that, and let's assign them to very specific things so you can keep track of your money cleanly. One's assigned to gas, one's assigned to food, one's assigned to you know extra things you might need for college supplies. Um, you know, one's kind of for their fun, uh, but you know, keep. I don't call it a budget; I call it a forecast. Keep limits. Pay it off every month. You'd be super responsible. Their credit will soar, right? Just using your debit card does nothing for your credit, right? It has you feel good. It's like you and and I'm not talking about that. That's kind of the lower end of just using responsible credit cards and keeping your credit and your corporate credit high. When I'm talking about good debt, I'm talking about a lot of debt. So, for example, I'll use an example. I bought um, a laundry mat. And I went to the bank because I know how the banking system works. And I said, I have put a lot of money in your bank. I know how much money you have been able to get on loans. So I would like $200,000 for, and I'd like it at a very, very low interest rate. And they laughed and I said, take it to committee and just have that conversation. So they came back to me and said, you know, well, Laura, you already have 200,000, use your money. I said, no, I want my 200,000 uh, out doing what it's doing in real estate, making 18, 20%. So my money's making money. I want to use your money. And they gave me a 2% loan for three years. Wow. So I used the bank's money, 2%, responsibly paid it back. So I'm not talking about crazy stuff, but most people just don't even know how to use the basics of the system. You know, so so I got to keep my apartments and kept doing my thing in real estate, and I used the bank's money, and I got these laundry mats. I used them for a while. Um, It was, and I only did it really because I thought it was a really fun kids' business, and it's a real one. It was fun for my kids to drive by and say, "Yeah, we own that," you know, and and people like wash their clothes. I mean, there's so much about life you can teach kids through just drive through town. Somebody owns every piece of real estate and every business in town. Right. So start having those conversations, even if you're an employee. You can engage, go get some partners in town. You don't have to be the sole owner. You can partner in with other people just to get started to start living this corporate life. I promise you, I'll be right here. The website on June 1 is gonna flip into a complete resource guide checklist, um, basically a call center or to call in for questions. Um, Let us help you live corporate life and get this in your family. Your kids need it. My gosh, uh, what our kids have to endure, the problems they have ahead of them to solve, I think us three know they're massive problems, massive world problems. And we need really responsible kids out there to help.
0: Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thanks for putting this out there. I'm, uh, I'm eager to talk with my kids, Laurel. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you you so much. Excited about your book. Thank you.
0: Well, this episode should give you great food for thought regarding again, this corporate life, whether you have kids or not, uh, but if so, how you can set them up for financial success. Again, Laurel Langmeyer. you can get her new book titled Make Your Kids Millionaires, a step-by-step guide to lead children to financial freedom and $1,500 worth of bonuses at MakeYourKidsMillionaires.com when you pre-order her book. Coming up next in episode 989, we are going to talk in depth about influence, the power of influence. And you're going to hear that and think, oh, I know the power of influence. Not like you are about to hear. I've got Zoe Chance. She has the most popular business class at Yale. Uh, And you're going to hear why on this, her book, as soon as I saw it, I was interested. As soon as I got into it, I definitely wanted her on the show. We had a great conversation. That's going to give you a different perspective and I think equip you significantly in how you can have influence for one. And then how you can use that for your betterment and the betterment of everyone you want to influence. Uh, So uh, eager to have you with us in that show. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.